Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lawn and Garden Journal for June 4th. And I have to say, the sun is up, and there is expectations that we can see the sun for a number of days in a row. So you know what that tells me? Let's go, let's grow. This is the time, I think, that we can actually get into our gardens and start tickling our fingers in the soil, if you haven't already begun, because things are growing. And the one thing I notice, yeah, I'm a little busy here at the garden center. My chives are growing even neatly in between the cracks of some of my paving stones, those I will be harvesting and greatly taking. But what else is growing? Yep, it's still about the dandelion. I have to say that they are popping up everywhere and gracefully yellow. But have you noticed that soon they'll be changing and like the cottonwood seeds that are now flowing in the air, there's a little puff of white. Not to scare you. It's not the white that we've been seeing. It's cottonwood seeds and soon the dandelion seeds. So I promise one little poem about the dandelion. There's a dandy little fellow who dresses all in yellow, in yellow with an overcoat of green, with his hair all crisp and curly in the springtime, bright and early. A trippin' over the meadow he is seen through all the bright June weather. Like the jolly little tramp, he wanders over the hillside, down the road. Around his yellow feather, thy gypsy fireflies camp. His companions are the woodlark and the toad. But at last this little fellow doffs his dainty coat of yellow and very feebly totters over the green. And for very old he's growing and his hair all white and flowing. A nodding in the sunlight he is seen. Oh, poor dandy, once so spandy, golden dancer on the lee, older growing, white hair flowing, poor little bald-head dandy, now is he. Yes, soon we'll see the little toppers flying around. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. I think the excitement is there that with the sunshine, we're going to be in our gardens. But let's just go right to the lines. Barry is waiting. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Carla. I'm calling from Steinbach, and I have a question about my mock orange tree. Okay. Um, It blooms beautifully. It's about 25 years old. It blooms beautifully every year. In spring, there's something unique that happens. There are hundreds of tiny dead branches at the ends. It's as if all the new growth from last year has died, um, and I need to trim it off. Is that, is that characteristic of a mock orange tree? Is my mock orange tree sick, or am I doing something wrong? No, those are actually, um, I have one, too, that's very similar like that. It kind of gets woody and old that's on it. Um, I think you probably, if it's that old, you probably have a very older variety. Um, I think there is an older one that's called Waterton mock orange. Does it go six feet, like six, seven feet tall? Yes, that's right. Yeah, okay. Um, 
it's almost like those the flowering head, like the flowers themselves have all these little twiggy branches that are just re- reminiscent of that. Right. Uh, it, for that one variety, it is kind of natural that's on it. Sometimes you can eliminate that look. And mock orange, oh, if we, I hope you agree with me, it is the most wonderful smelling tree or shrub. <laughs> it is, uh, second only to the lily of the valley. Well, lily of the valley is really beautiful too but i find that the mock orange is like that yeah. uh, it's like orange blossoms it's like, it's wonderful yes oh it's beautiful so how i try to eliminate it, and i have to be saying that in the last three years because mine mine i try and keep it at six six and a half feet for the last two years i haven't been able to shear it so it's a little higher than me now so okay. uh, shaping and shearing it and just taking um you know it's a little maintenance it makes it look a little cleaner because once it leaves out and once the blossoms come, you really lose that effect, right? Yeah. So a little bit of shearing on it, if you want to do it, uh, it adds to it. Um, and I think by encouraging, by tipping any type of flowering uh, tree or shrub, it encourages better branching down below. It's almost your arborist type of thing of maintenance to keep them nice and healthy. So when you're talking about shearing, you're, you're talking about... Uh, shortening branches. You're not talking about cutting off a branch at its base. You're talking about shortening the branch. Shortening the branch. Yes. Right. Uh, it's um, if you wanted to go really quite severe. Yeah. In pruning, we always generally say you you are kind of permitted or allowed to take one third down right. off of it if you want to do maintenance of that. But okay. if for me, I like taking just the like the last three four inches, and I like to ship like shape what i'm doing okay so if you do that shape and especially and okay with mock orange though you have to remember that you cannot do this in the fall because your reset of your new blossoms are on that right wood already so you you have to as soon as the mock orange is finished blossoming done that's when you do your shearing shear shape um trimming it back giving it a little bit of a look that's on it um, you know, some people like that wild look that's out there, and some people like to have a little bit of, uh, you know, you're not going to cr- crop it into a ball, but maybe you are, you know. I've, that's I've done a bit of trimming on it over the years. I have yeah. a, a cedar growing beside it, so I keep it out of the cedar, uh, and I, <clears throat> I have it close to the house, so I, I don't like it rattling against the, the downspout. So, you know, those kinds of trimming things I've been doing, yeah. not so much to shape it. But what I, what I find interesting is these tiny little twigs throughout the entire bush uh, that, that show up dead every spring and, and uh, either need to be, well, either need to be ignored or need to be trimmed, one or the other. Yeah, you'll probably see when you, just watch your flower. Well, here's yeah. a little test. Watch your flower blossoms because they're clustered, right? Yeah. And those little branches almost look like the clusters of the flower, the flowers okay. that are on there. Okay. So would they fall off if I would just ignore them? Eventually, I think they would, but sometimes they're just twiggy. I know I look at mine right now, too, and I'm going, ugh, it's got the twigginess, but yeah. eventually it's going to disappear. But okay. also look, too, because if, if your shrub is actually that lo- that old, uh, mine, too, sometimes I have to get right into the core of it, and you will probably find one or two, because uh, it has a su- suckering sort of habit in the interior where it goes yes. on it. Uh remove any type of old wood and you will definitely say see that it's very gray and brittle 
Right. Yeah, I took took a bunch of pieces out yesterday from the center. There was was dead wood in there that needed to come yeah. out. Yeah, that that you definitely want to remove by taking out the inner core of that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Thank you so okay. much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for calling. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye bye. Do you feel the excitement? Yes, our shrubs are going to be. The leaves are looking gloriously green, if I can say that, and. Outside my window, a bunch of rosy blooms and starlights and columnar uh, crabs are flowering. It just looks so beautiful. The excitement's there. We're going to get our hands in the dirt this weekend for sure, everyone. And I shouldn't say dirt. I should say soil. Well, let's take our caller next is Marjorie. Hi, Marjorie. Hello. Good morning. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Portage. Well, hello and good morning to Portage. How can we help you this morning? I seem to have flies um, in the soil of my Christmas cactuses. Well, how can I get rid of them? Because I put those little sticky things in, and, yeah, I do catch them. Okay. Um, that's good that you put the sticky strips in. I love using those because, A, if I find them in one area of the house, I want to make sure that where the concentration is coming from, so you can definitely tell. So if you're catching them on that... Um, a, it's probably a fungus gnat that you have, and fungus gnats are dominantly more prevalent uh, in spring and then later in the fall. So they love wet soil, and they love damp locations. So if you're having a little bit of a hard time getting rid of them, uh, put your little sticky strip in there. Get a little kitchen fork, or if you if you don't have a little garden fancy little garden fork, just a regular like pastry fork will work. Just till up the soil on your plant if you can. Okay. If you can get the branches or bracts of your cactus lifted up carefully, um, you can lighten up some of the soil around the edge. And A, that allows you to till up a little bit. I'm not talking real deep. I'm just talking the top quarter inch. And what you're doing is you're allowing more air to go further in the soil to dry it out a little bit. Okay. And... When you do that, you basically have to break the cycle of the fly laying eggs into damp soil or wet soil because that larvae likes it nice and wet and moisty. And then as soon as it pupates and becomes an adult, that little guy is going to create more eggs. And it's amazing. Bugs can multiply, like, horrendously fast. So lighten up your soil, grow a little drier. Um, on a nice day, if you can get your uh, Christmas cactus outside and let some of the adults get blown off, that will help. And if you seriously can't get rid of anything else, there is a product called uh, Diatomaceous Earth. And you can put it as a powder on the soil. And we use it as a sort of an organic way of anything creepy crawly that goes through it. Um, it kind of chops up their little body by shards. That's are in there, but it is a powder. So what's that called again? It's diatomaceous earth. And I think uh, some brand names are insect cola. But if you go diatomaceous earth, then um, anyone that's at a fine garden center should know what it is. Okay. And I was just wondering, sometimes I usually, I try to uh, stick my Christmas cactus most of the summer. Is that a bad thing to do? You're sticking it outdoors? Yes. Oh, no. If you, well, hey, some people love putting their stuff outside because na- plants are natural, should be growing outdoors, right? Right. Um, 
But the only thing is then they're, you're at risk of bringing some critters, not not like raccoons or skunks, but like bugs back in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, there's that two-sided effect because I know right now, um, like we just got citrus and lemons and, and uh, hibiscus in. And I know some people like just growing them indoors, but they are beautiful on decks and patios and all that kind of stuff. But there is is always a risk of having a bug. Uh, You know, we have to share this world. You know, Um, in nature, bugs come with plants and plants come with bugs and the bugs and the plants come with with people, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't usually notice these flies till like now. Yeah, yes. I, in the fall, I don't really notice them. And another thing, too, I was wondering, this one cactus, I have it in a small pot. Should I replant that into a bigger pot? How how old is it and how long has it uh, been in that pot? Two years now, I think. Okay, and do you find that when you put your fingers on the soil, is it still spongy or is it getting quite compact? Uh, it's getting quite compact. Yeah, you could you could possibly bump it up. And I assume that it's probably finished its blooming cycle for... Um, Easter? It didn't or, even bloom. It didn't even bloom? <laughs> no. Okay, well, we're going to get that blooming for you. I yes. hope so. <laughs> uh, get some cactus soil, which has good drainage that's in there. Yeah. And the rule of thumb there, Marjorie, I want you to go one or two inches bigger on the diameter of your size pot. Okay. Don't go bigger, okay? Yeah, that, I think that's what I do with my other uh, cactus plant. It did bloom, but very little, because I think it's in too big of a pot. Because do cactus plants lead like to be kind of root bound? Do they not? All tropicals love to have their roots snuggled up. Yeah, well, I think I put this on one in too big of a pot, and it did it did bloom for me a few. Like I got three kick, uh, Christmas cactuses, and um, so far only the two of them have bloomed. Yeah, you know what? That you you just we have a whole conversation on that. It's just because when we look at a tropical plant and it has this three foot wide canopy we think that we have to match up the scale of the pot to three foot wide on the bottom no 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 you as long as you're an inch or two bigger on the size if you're having to bump it up you could add some extra depth to your soil but those roots now the one that you put into the much larger one the plant has this psyche that's inside it saying, oh my gosh, how am I going to support myself with all the soil? I could create more roots to support myself with all this stuff underneath. And doing so, you have to be a little bit more cautious on your watering because you have all that soil capacity and all that extra moisture that these roots are going to be sitting in that you have to allow that soil to dry out and let those roots elongate into that outer new medium. Mm. Okay. 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 All right? Yep. Okay. Great conversation, Marjorie. Thanks so, for calling. Okay, then the one that I was talking about that's in a smaller pot, it'd be all right to put it in a bigger pot now? Yes. You can do that now. Yeah, okay. And Because uh, you want to do it now before it set its, sets its cycling for flowering. Hopefully you get flowers again at Thanksgiving on it. I hope so. <laughs> Fingers across. Call me. Yeah. Let me, know if, let okay. me know if it happens. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye, Marjorie. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. This is so good. And just remember, I know, Robert, you're waiting. Um, Just remember, all these tips about planting too, even when you plant your annuals and you're going into bigger containers. Yes, we're planting an annual that has short roots. Now you're saying, but they're going in a huge container. So if you're doing that, annuals follow a different cycle pattern because they produce roots and flowers for just a short season. Again, 
water well, then let it dry out because you want your annual plantings of roots to elongate to the bottom to support the upper portions of new growth. Okay, let's go right back to lines. It's going to be a busy morning. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from? Beg pardon? Whereabouts are you calling from today? Uh, Arbor, Manitoba. Arbor. North of of Arbor, actually, yeah. Well, I think you're our first Arbor caller. There's a pin. Yes. Well, I hope I'm not going to be the last. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope not, okay? (laughs) How can we help you today on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Okay. I was at my greenhouse here lately, and uh, I got kind of talked into buying this fish fertilizer. It comes in a in a bag, like a plastic bag or whatever. And it says on there to, uh, I don't know, it's uh, uh, three liters of that so, uh, of that fertilizer to to uh, uh, eight liters of water and let it soak. Well, I tried that, and it did eventually. But, you know, the stuff is kind of, it doesn't look like fertilizer. It's kind of brown. It looks like it's got other stuff in it. It doesn't smell. But I'm just wondering just how good is this uh, stuff, eh? Because uh, it says to water it, but I don't know how often I should water with it. Okay, it's and saying three. Okay, I'm going to back you up here. Three liters to eight liters of water? I think so. Okay, so that was a big jug you got then. Oh, yeah, I, I got about, I don't know, maybe seven, eight pounds of that stuff. Eh? Okay, so is it, a, is it a powder or was it a liquid? You know, it looks a little bit, no, it, it, it looks a little bit like, uh, it's not a powder. It looks like it's even got a little bit of uh, stuff like maybe uh, almost some plant material mixed with it and that. The water okay. turns all, all brown when you soak it. Okay. There are different types. Okay, because when you said fish fertilizer uh, years ago, oh, that's we used... that's what it says on the bag. Yeah, okay. I don't know that brand that you're talking about, but in um, years ago, we used to have a liquid fish emulsion fertilizer. It came in a one-liter bottle. And I have to tell you that we used to uh, set a regime with watering... Uh, some of our uh, ferns, our Boston ferns here, because they really you liked like it. Uh, my grandmother used to make me go to the go into some of the fields, and I remember her breaking up a little bit of a cow patty to put under her her, her Boston yeah. ferns. But we here here we use <laughs> fish we use fish fertilizer, but fish fertilizer, whether it is the um, can I say boop online, it's their. Their, their, their natural fertilizer that's in it, and even the renderings of fish byproducts are very good, and it's a good nutrient. And it's na- it's natural. It's in the ocean. It puts something. It's a cycle that's in it. So Well, that's what I was thinking, that I could get away from using uh, chemical fertilizer, you know, the, the regular granules or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So we used to sell a... Uh, liquid form and i have to say if yours isn't stinky that's that's great because this liquid stuff i had to get make sure that it was done before we closed the doors late october because oh my gosh it was like really bad 
<laughs> but well, you should have seen the ferns. They loved it. <laughs> well, but you there's... know, I was worried about it because I thought if I put that in, the skunks are going to get in and whatnot, but it doesn't smell at all, eh? Okay, well, if it doesn't smell, there is, um, if everyone's listening, uh, at your garden centers, there is a beautiful product, and you've probably heard me talk about it before. It is called Sea Soil. And yeah, we get it. It is byproducts of composted, uh, branching, natural, organic material, plus it is byproducts of from the fisheries as well. So... When you open, this is almost like a barky type of compost. And yes, I, yes, yeah, yes, there's something is it like sea, that. Yeah. yeah, it's sea soil. And when you water it and leach, uh, when you, I actually grew probably three or four years ago a window box that's maybe one foot by three foot and a foot deep. And I did a test where I just put solid sea soil in there just to see what the composition would do. I like testing. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to burn my herbs, I'm going to see how good this product is. I grew straight herbs in this container of sea soil. I thought, wow, I did herbs for my husband. He's the cook. I had the best herbs that season, and he loved it because he likes that culinary aspect of it. But sea soil doesn't have to be used as a solid like that, but as an amendment and a compost to gardens that is a win-win because you're using something that is organic and it is part of nature to be recycled back to the earth. And it has no scent either. Beautiful. So we might be thinking about the same thing as sea soil. Yeah. Okay. So that means I really can't overdo it. I don't. If you're using bagged and it says sea soil, it comes in a larger bag, uh, you can't over. Well, can't overdo it? No, because I did it with my herbs. Now, you have to be careful because I did it with a selected variety of herbs and I've not tested it by doing it on other crops. So you yeah. sort of have to think about what crops you're doing. But I yeah. went all in and I did my herbs and I can contest that I had the best herbs ever. So uh, I like throwing a little bit of uh, sea soil on top of my tomatoes every year. So I do a little bit of a broadcast on it, and I till it just slightly over to the top surface so it leaches into my roots. So, uh, and, and does that help to get away on your tomatoes? Does it help to get away from the center rot? No, well, sea soil is more no, because that is more fed that's in there. It's not calcium-based. So if you're thinking, oh, wait a minute. I, you know what? You're going to make me go, go look at the bag because, A, if fish are in there, part of that renderings may be the fish bones, which is high in calcium because we know if we eat sal- salmon, yeah, that's yeah, high yeah, calcium yeah. too, right? Yeah. So you're going to make me go do a little bit of investigation today, Robert. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know what I like to do when I plant my tomatoes is I put eggshells at the bottom and I put powdered milk and that, and it seems like that. Uh, it keeps the uh, uh, and, and banana peels. If I have them, I put that in my under my because my tomatoes are very important to me. Oh, I think everyone's just to grow your own food. There is yeah. such a different. There is such yeah. a different. And yes, we uh, we actually use a calcium product called Talk Tomato here. A lot of people love it, but. Um, eggshells and that kind of stuff, make sure you're grinding them. If you have an old um, blender or coffee grinder or something, just yes. grind those down yes. fine because, you know, you can wait five years and still pull up that eggshell. Yeah. No, no, we crush them up pretty finely. 
That's good. That's good. Well, thank you for calling, Robert. Boy, it's been nice talking to you for sure. Okay. And I'll okay. call back again when I run into a problem. I you can call. That. Hey, we're talking about gardening. You can call anytime. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I think you can hear the excitement. It is a beautiful gardening weekend. Let's go right back to lines. We're, uh, I think it's Vera. Hi. 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 Where are you calling from today, Vera? I'm calling from Altona. Well, good morning, Altona. Mm-hmm. How can I, we help you? I have a problem with a gooseberry plant, and I'm wondering what I can do with it so that the berries aren't wormy when it's picking time. Ooh, Okay. Um, what you can try and do with that, uh, try, if you can, just before the blossoms end and that kind of stuff, if you can do a little bit of a, I would probably put a little bit of diatomaceous earth powder on top of the branching, if you can, or do a little bit of, um, if you have endol or something like that, little spray, because usually the worms will go in after the blossoms have finished and the worm will go in after the blossoms are done, but then the worm goes in. Oh, okay. Okay? So mm-hmm. try doing a little bit of that that's on it. Um, I think that would maybe probably give you a little bit of security on there. Okay. Okay? And wh- what was the first item that I could put on it? Di- the diatomaceous earth, too. It's a powder. Dia. Diatomaceous earth. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. And what do, you do, what do you do with your gooseberries? Do you make jam? No, I use them basically for what well, we call them perski. Uh, little little squares of, of Pet- pie dough, and you put your gooseberries in them. Oh, you know what? I think my husband's baba used to make. Um, now, do you bake that or do you boil it? I bake it. You bake it. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah. a mini pie. Oh, yeah. My um, my baba. On, mm-hmm. While my husband's grandmother used to make a little, it looked like a little pierogi, but she used to put cherries and prunes on the inside. Oh, well, that would yeah. be great, too. Yeah, and she used to boil it and boil it and sometimes put a little butter, but I loved it when she boiled it and she put uh, brown sugar and sour cream on it. I know it sounds funky, but it was delicious. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much for this. I hope, I hope it works. Yeah, try try it, and if you know what, I'll, I I like growing things, and my business partner likes to destroy bugs, so <laughs> I'll concur with him. And if there's something else, then I'll mention it on the next week's show too, as well. Okay. Okay. Sounds okay. great. All right. Thank you, and thank enjoy your day, Vera. You too. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. We're going to go right to lines. We have one more caller, Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm very good. Did I say your name right? You did. Okay, wonderful. Where are you calling from today? Deloraine. Deloraine. Well, good morning. To, I know where you are. Okay. Okay. I have, I have a question. I covered um, m- my cabbages with pantyhose over the tins. Yep. Now, is that is there going to be enough light, um, sunlight to get through for those yes. cabbages? Yes, there should be more than enough because are you're protecting them against which ones the flea, flea beetles? beetles? Yeah, flea, there should be yes because well it depends on if you're putting black pantyhose on them. <laughs> no, I, I, put, I decided to put beige on. There you go. There you go. It's, and, and will they expand enough? Can I leave them on? 
You can, they will expand enough. And well, yes, because a okay. Everyone knows it's pantyhose. They go <laughs> they a long expand. way. <laughs> well, I, I use knee highs. Okay. So yeah, I'm they just... should be they should be fine because they are quite stretchy. And the thing is, you know, if they're knee highs, there's the length. But if it goes a little rounder, the the knee high is going to go down a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, because last year, as soon as I planted them out, the flea beetles were there immediately, and oh, they're uh, this, nasty. Yeah, this year. Uh, I haven't seen any yet, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think um, we saw a little bit of them probably about a week and a half ago, and then it got really cold, and then they were gone. Because we're, you know, I have field crops in the back that we grow a lot of perennials here, and inadvertently when we saw that they were coming, it's like, oh, no, they're coming. So um, we saw a decrease in them, but that doesn't mean that there might still be coming because of the weather because you know as things warm up we see things uh, almost like we're back you right. know <laughs> so I, I just didn't know if there would be enough light so if you, anyway yes. i'll give it yeah. a try because uh, if, if you use the lighter one it it will work because we do uh carry and some of your garden centers will have um it's a very thin fabric that is for protecting of crops for on top of hoops and that and right it's what it's white and if you're using a pantyhose that is um, like a sheer, you know, a clear, then mm. I think you're in much safe to say. And pantyhose are wonderful, too, because afterwards you can chop them up and use them for plant ties. I, yeah, that's what I use for my tomatoes all the time. Yeah. Yep. Great. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is just the wonderful part of growing together because there are so many different tips that are on there and yes pantyhose chop them up i remember uh you know in my other life where i wore them all the time they get holes in them and recycling something and putting it on there is a win-win and we're saving our earth we're recycling and we're using something we are plant people we love doing that right all right, we're going to go right back to lines. We have Linda waiting. Hi, Linda. Hi, Carla. I I have a question. I uh, put some uh, mandarin seeds in the pot where I have my geraniums in the house, yep. and they they all sprouted. What do I do with them? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's well. It's in with your geraniums. Yeah, um, like can... in the pot in the house because I overwintered some of the geraniums. I, I have a beautiful window that. Uh, and, and they, I got at least one is a little bigger, and the other ones are small, at least six of them. Okay. So if you don't, um, I would say try to remove your little mandarin seeds from your geraniums. Cause you, you or really maybe move the geranium. <laughs> either way, if, if you can remove the one or the other from the soil yeah, without disrupting it too much. Yeah. Uh, and then because they should be gr- grown on their own and not in a mixed container, right? Yeah, um, but you know what, Carla? They're all like on the like on the side of the uh, like. Then the kind of you, ju- you just poke together. the seeds at the edge, eh? Yeah, and so I, you, I, I, I at least ten of them. There's a whole bunch should, of little ones coming up. Yeah, 
if they're little, you should be able to put a little bit of a knife in there and slice in and take a section of that soil out. Mm-hmm. And I always find that when your soil is moist, the roots are a little bit more pliable to be yeah, separated. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Do, uh, try and take a chunk of that soil out along the edge of your geranium mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. put them into individual pots. You may want to double up on your seedlings on a citrus or your mandarin. Yeah. Just so just so that if you do have a failure, then you have a backup, okay? Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to put them in one big pot, take the geranium out and spread them out in this big pot that I have them in right now. And, okay. like, kind of move them around. Yeah. But just watch, though, because if they start all... I can just see this big mandarin bush that you're going to have. That's, that would be... No, you know what? I had phoned your office, and I talked to the girl that I wanted to talk to you. I thought if if uh, Carla's around Charleswood area, she can take him and have him in your in your shop. Oh, thank you very much. We have... We just got a whole bunch... You know what? Mandarin and citrus is just a beautiful type of shrub like when they are blooming it is almost intoxicating because it's like um oh know, they bloom we too yeah we were talking to barry this morning and about the mock orange and the blooms yeah, yeah, that are in that. there yeah and um we actually just got a shipment of because a we don't have the space here to grow them all winter because it's mm-hmm. such a long crop so i actually mm-hmm. have a truck up here of um what about, we have Meyer lemons, limes, and that kind of stuff. And it's amazing when they start to fruit what's mm-hmm. on there. You know, I remember uh, Dad years and years ago. Good morning, Mom. Um, we would he would tuck grapefruit seeds and orange seeds, and <laughs> yeah, at certain yeah. points we'd have this huge tree that was on it. But uh, fruit, and exe- especially I call it kind of an exotic fruit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, venturing into that. And uh, believe it or not, we even brought fig trees in that have figs on them. Oh, and my goodness. No, yeah. I, I'm not going to go that elaborate. <laughs> oh, well, the elaborate part of it is um, if you like, I've never grown it, and I thought there's a test that we want to do. I even brought up some pineapple plants mm-hmm. and um, dragon. Have you ever eaten dragon fruit? What is that? It's like this weird, funky fruit that's really sweet. It's soft. It's pliable. Oh. Um, but the plant itself looks like a cactus or a large succulent. Oh. And then it produces these fruits that are kind of ornate. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. If you have a chance to go, are you on a computer system at all? No. Uh, no. no. Well, maybe a grandchild can or a, yeah, a, yeah. or someone. Ask, yeah. ask them to Google. And you'll be a hot grandma. You'll say, can you Google a dragon fruit for me? <laughs> and you'll be able to see what, what a dragon... Called? A dragon what? Fruit? Dragon fruit. A dragon fruit. Okay. Yeah. If, oh. And they're delicious. They're a little more exotic. They're kind of oh. cool to see. Do but, they sell uh, them in a the store, like to yes, eat? Yes. Yes. You can buy it in a store to eat. But oh. I thought it was kind of cool to bring up the plants. So we have these plants, and I'm hoping... Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping there's one that uh, doesn't get bought so we can actually see if we can get it to produce some fruit here. Yeah. Anyway, when I take that out, do I keep it in the house or do I leave it outside? Your mandarins, the citrus can be grown outdoors or indoors. Yeah, but for now, I would probably baby it indoors until we have sustained uh, temperatures that are a little higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... um, our temperatures are still cool at night. Like, I'm yeah, still wearing a jean jacket in the morning. Oh, my flowers I had to cover last night. Yeah. Yeah, I know that Brandon, I was watching because uh, 
when when Brandon was getting that frost warning where it said it was going to zero, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the clock at two, three, four to see if there's sprinklers have to come on here. But we were mm-hmm. safe in the Winnipeg. But uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and something that's very tender like that, plus being a exotic like a citrus, yeah. they don't grow yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. you want to you want to just baby that, okay? Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. For sure. Okay. Thanks, Carla. All right, you're I'll welcome. Keep you posted if they if they continue to grow. <laughs> I have faith in you. You can grow it. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you. Thanks. Bye bye. You're welcome. Thank you for listening, everyone, and thank you for calling in. It makes the show even more blessed. I have a little poem for you, so you're going to put your hands in the soil and feel grounded. Plant for a good life. Plant three rows of peas: peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of soul. Plant four rows of squash, squash gossip, squash indifference, squash grumblings, squash selfishness. Plant four rows of lettuce. Let us be faithful. Let us be kind. Let us be obedient. Let us really love one another. No garden should be without turnips. Turn up for meetings. Turn up for service. Turn up to help one another. Water freely with patience and cultivate with love. There is abundance in your garden because you reap what you sow. Bye-bye, everybody. We'll be back next weekend on the Lawn and Garden Journal.